Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts. Plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Tuesday morning edition as the Cleveland Browns and New York Giants just wrapped up the first Monday night football game and I think the only one of this preseason Uh, you know uh, Eric Cleveland wins it's preseason right (laughs) I mean the fact that now correct me if I'm wrong this puts them a one-on-one on the preseason I think so. Okay, so it makes it harder for them to go 0-16 in the regular season. So never mind. So what did you think of the quarterback play here from Osweiler and Kaiser? Osweiler was the exact quarterback that the Houston Texans wanted to clear $10 million of cap space just to get rid of. Kaiser... Yes, he's got the good arm talent. Yes, he's learning better about when to run and keeping in the pocket, but you can tell that he's still a rookie. A lot of plays where he really couldn't escape. mm, A little bit of sketchy pass blocking at times, but eh. it wouldn't surprise me if he winds up starting later in the season. Because of what he did tonight, but he's not quite week one ready. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, the the first game he threw those two big long bombs that wound up in touchdowns. You had one that just went off one of the players' fingertips uh, in this game. And you also, you know, you had Kaiser running in for a touchdown, which mm-hmm. was a one-yard run. So, you know, he should be making those, but... We'll talk about later a guy that's showing definitely when it comes to that short yardage. You need to be careful when you get around the goal line. He'll just run him in, uh, you know, the, the the guy playing for the Houston Texans. But I think for Kaiser, that like you said, it's the same stuff that I saw. He's not – he's the pocket awareness is is still there. Obviously, he's the rookie. Again, I mean, I'm not – I don't want to point out things and, and say – act like I don't understand where where we're coming from here, where he's at in his career. But 
I almost feel like if you're the Browns, does Osweiler really give you anything that Kaiser doesn't that you say you need to start Osweiler? I know we talked about that Osweiler is pretty much being groomed to start and everything, but mm-hmm. and I get that the Browns have this history of just throwing guys out there and whatever, but this might be a case for throw a guy out there. Well, I mean, they're wanting to do something right because let's face it. What is their number now since 99? 30 starting quarterbacks? 31? (laughs) I would expect to add two more to that total before the season's over simply because they kept Osweiler because of experience. Not even so much talent, not so much anything else, but experience. They had all the opportunity to trade him or do what have you, release, cut, whatever you want to call it, because they got the draft picks. Instead, they dealt the draft pick, wanted to keep him. So, they're kind of... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't want to say stuck, but they're kind of like, okay, we don't want to have to deal with yet another rookie quarterback because we kind of tend to ruin those. That's fair, but I also think that Oswald is not bad and just having a backup role and you want to have a veteran in that spot instead of having, you know, not that Cody Kessler is bad or anything. He proved last year he can... He can play well at times. Mm-hmm. Just I get what they want to do here. I get that they want to feel like they're telling the team we're putting our best foot forward and going with the guy that does have experience. But you know, I we're seeing a bit. I, I guess it's the same thing as the Tom Savage and Deshaun Watson situation. They probably want to feel like they're doing right by the team, going with the more the more veteran guy, and then bringing mm-hmm. the rookie along. And I guess that's fine. But I don't know, I just saw more things from Kaiser tonight than I did from Osweiler. Well, well, so did I. And again, if Kaiser showed that he was week one ready, I would be making the case for throwing him out there. But remember, if he was still at Notre Dame this season, number one, he would probably be miserable. And number two, he would only be a junior you're not dealing with a whole, whole lot to work with. He's pretty raw. And he decided, well, I can go out and compete. Let me go into the draft. Browns picked him up. So you kind of have to shape just a little bit of that rawness before you get him some regular season action. If I had to put an over-under, I would say week five. Yeah, obviously it depends on how well or Hadley Osweiler plays, and he might get to put something to his detriment next week during the supposed dress rehearsal games, you know, because week four is a total just throwaway where every game is on Thursday, and we are not discussing every game either on Thursday or on that other week or whatever, but... Well, especially now that week four, it's going to be even more of a throwaway because there's only one cut down. So it's going to be position battle, position battle, position battle. Yeah, I mean, they'll be fun if you want to watch your team and you have guys you're kind of rooting for to make that team. Like Marshmallow. (laughs) Stringfellow. I know, but this time I'm doing it on purpose. It's easier to remember if I call him Marshmallow. If he makes a team, you can just call him Marshmallow. Deal. After that. Okay, so, I yeah, I, I think, you know, for me, like, I, I'll be, it'll be fun to see who, who stays on the Cowboys and whatnot, but I think for the rest of this game, uh, Eli Manning looked okay. Uh, Odo Beckham unfortunately got injured. ESPN acted like, you know, he died. And it, they need to, like, quiet down the the ridiculousness a bit. Well, it's like, oh, he went to the locker room. Talleron said, oh, he was on his knees. Oh, here comes the cart. I'm like, okay, 
I would do that if I was in pain too. No big deal. Yeah, I mean, well, but what you're thinking there is maybe, you know, torn ACL, something bad, you know, Achilles injury, something like that. It's a sprained ankle right now. Yeah, they went, they did x-rays, nothing came up. So it's like, okay, woo. (laughs) Yeah, and it wasn't a dirty hit or anything. No, clean hit, just, you know, the helmet, everything collided just perfectly. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, same thing like, uh, you know, Njuku got his leg rolled on later. So Yeah, or... Or as we talk about what happened with the Seahawks and their left tackle fan, that was just ow. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. I and mean, then it sucks for the Seahawks who have had offensive line problems for how many years now, and it's just putting more on that. But yeah, I thought Duke Johnson looked good. Um, things kind of are a bit difficult. Yeah, both defenses were. This was a very defensive game. It's, you know, the game was only 10-6, right? So mm-hmm. uh, they didn't score for the full first quarter. So you had... No, it's just like, all right, we, we know who's controlling the ball, and it ended on that perfect defensive play with the pass going right through the receiver's hands for the Giants, and it's, it's like, oh, so it's over. Imagine that. <laughs> Yeah, just interesting to see again, like, the Browns' defense under Greg Williams improved. You know, Miles Garrett was kind of kept under control a lot by Eric Flowers on the most part, but he was a force, and he did have that one sack. So, uh, it, you know, again, it, you know, Giants had an interception. It was, it was a good day if you're on defense for both teams. I think. Yeah, I think there was a span of about, no more than five plays where there were three turnovers. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, come on. Come on. You just did something. Come on. <laughs> so uh, where do we want to start on this uh, discussing games, I guess, from the weekend? I do mean... You, uh, what did, what did you see from... Hold on. I don't know why I don't have the schedule in front of me right now. <laughs> but I'll, I'll just go ahead and start with the Cowboys, I guess, since I have it in my my head at the moment. Uh, the Dak Prescott went on the field, and the Cowboys had one hell of a first drive where Dak Prescott was the quarterback, and the whole ones played. McFadden, aside from the... Fumble that ended his night. I don't know if he would have played anymore after that, but the first team offense looked on all cylinders for that game. Uh, Which is good. Well, yeah, it's really good. No Zeke. They didn't play him, but everybody else played. Dez got a slant, and then he got the fade for the touchdown. He looked good. Witten got the one pass. Then you had, uh, like I said, Nick Fadden. Look, he had a, quite a few very solid runs on his end. Uh, the offensive line was just clicking along, you know. Uh, and then McFadden fumbles. That changes things. They, they, it also helps that the Colts just, you're, when you're playing Scott Tolzien, I mean, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, hey now, hey. He did lead the Packers to a 26-26 tie against Minnesota. I guess there's something to be said for that. <laughs> but then uh, Kellen Moore comes on. He throws an interception that gets thrown out for that gets a run back for a touchdown. He eventually does lead the Cowboys on a scoring drive, but I honestly felt like Again, he is the worst of the three quarterbacks. Cooper Russ led the team on two different touchdown drives. He completed more passes. He is a more efficient quarterback. He needs to be the Cowboys' second quarterback. I'm going to say this again, Jason Garrett. I don't care if Kellen Moore is your baby. Or it's not Jason Garrett. It's um, 
Jerry Jones. Rod Marinelli. Or Scott Hill Linehan, sorry. Uh-uh. Listen, I get it that you like the guy, but you got to take away your like for the guy and push it aside and understand that this guy is, is perfor- outperforming him every time. I, I feel like for the Colts, there wasn't really a whole lot to say. Uh, Marlon Mack, the backup of the backup, Running back looked good at times. He had some long runs. Uh, Bray was decent at receiver for them. And that's sort of it because they really didn't have a a whole lot positive going on for them, honestly. Uh, Anything? (laughs) I think the first game that you probably watch is that Seahawks game. Which, yes, it, does have that injury to George Font. Yeah, that and just seeing that play, it was a fairly simple block. Routine, but Fant on the ground, rolled, rolled over on by his own lineman, by the guard. And it, it was just, ugh. I, I, I felt bad for the guy because he was playing fantastic in... Everybody had a little hype of Michael Bennett sitting during the anthem. Offensive lineman Justin Britt, hand on his shoulder. Very classy move. And as far as with that aspect, that was that. Once it came to the actual game, I got to tell you, I know why Pete Carroll picked up Eddie Lacy. He was a little bit of a bigger guy. You want that power back like he was in Green Bay. And yes, he did have a couple of hard runs, but the two guys that played behind him, Carson and Davis, they were not only much more explosive, but they fit a lot better into what scheme that the Seahawks are running offensively. They were both great. Casey Williams, receiver, caught a great... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Touchdown in the corner. Had another one fall through his hands. After the touchdown he did catch, came out and quickly ran downfield, made the tackle on special teams. I would be a bit surprised if he didn't make the 53-man roster. There's a lot there that he can offer, and he showed a lot of versatility, which is what the Seahawks really thrive on. Yeah. Uh, so anything on the on the Minnesota end? Dalvin Cook? He showed his skill, showed that he deserves to be the main back. Uh, as far as with the ones, they're going to miss Cordero Patterson because it was your same typical dink and dunk, dink and dunk. And I was kind of disappointed how they handled the rest of the depth chart because you have Case Keenum and Taylor Heineke in a neck-and-neck race to be the number two. Now, against Buffalo, Keenum was the number two guy. Heineke came in with number three. Both of them well, but pretty even. This was sort of the same thing, but Keenum came in as the number two again, which I would have thought they would have flip-flopped that, so... I don't know what's going on because, to me, that's still a pretty tight race for who's going to be the backup quarterback. 
And as an extra cool icing on the cake moment, Blair Walsh got to look over and give his old team the stare down after making a 50-plus yard field goal. So that, that, that was a little interesting bit. Fair enough. Anything else? That pretty much covers it. I mean, defensively, Seahawks, not quite their old selves, but very, very formidable. And Minnesota and Purple People leaders, they really weren't there tonight. Russell Wilson had room. Jerome Boykin had room to operate. Yeah, I will say that during the season, there'll be a lot more of it, more motivation on our end to check out highlights from the other games that we didn't watch, just because situations will matter at that point. We can talk about finer things and not just mm-hmm. talk about certain players that look good and all that kind of stuff. So, apologize if this isn't the most synchronous way we're doing this right now, but. I mean, that's kind of what it is. You're looking at more at certain players in the preseason than you are at, say, okay, well, how much did this fumble really matter to this game? Or how many penalties affected the team and all that kind of stuff that you would, I think, during the regular season. So, the um, moving on on my end, the Carolina Panthers lost the Tennessee Titans not because uh, Christian Christian McCaffrey looked good again. He had a heck of a long run. He had other moments where he had uh, good showed off those pass casting skills that we know he has. Uh, in comparison, Jonathan Stewart didn't get a lot because McCaffrey was so good. And so you know, again, I understand that McCaffrey and Stewart are kind of be going one and two. But uh, to me, I think McCaffrey's really shown so far in this preseason heck of a lot more than Jonathan Stewart has. Ye, there's some questionable decisions on their end. The Funches, his first catch ones of a fumble that the Tennessee Titans don't run all the way back, but they run back and it winds up in a scoring drive uh, after Mariota is taken out actually I think he gets taken out during the middle of that drive and then Delaney Walker gets the touchdown and yeah I mean uh, for the most part uh, this was not the game for Derek Anderson he didn't have a a good game in this one it wasn't really until like Joe Webb came on that the Carolina Panthers really started clicking Tennessee had like a 17-0 lead on them for a while uh, just... I mean, I got a little bit of love for Derek Anderson, but I mean, the kind of situations that Joe Webb has been thrown in and what he's already seen in his short career, I think you combine that with this preseason and he needs to be the number two guy. He really does. I agree. He's he's played a lot better. Uh, in the two games, he's, I mean, he still has his moments, right, where he makes a dumb decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has those abilities where he can scramble, like he gets a 14-yard run on a first down because of that. And speaking of backups, Matt Castle probably looked the best I've ever seen <laughs> in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. He was throwing the ball with some zip on it, and, of course, he threw that pa- touchdown to Delaney Walker. He led them on another scoring drive. He looked pretty decent, I'm going to say. So, you know, if something happens to Mariota, I think they'll be okay. And then uh, Alex Tanney came in, and he played pretty well, too. He was a favorite uh, cowboy for a while. Uh, Like, you know, one of those guys that always plays well in training camp, and you go, I wanted him on the team, and he doesn't. But... Yeah, it just, I don't know, Carolina, like I said, it wasn't until Joe Webb got in there, and then Garrett Gilbert came in afterwards, and yeah, it things kind of took a turn there, he, he led them on a scoring drive too, but he uh, also fumbled, 
and it led to Tennessee getting a touchdown again. So it's a lot of defensive miscues for the Carolina Panthers in this game. They started and ended the game on a fumble, and that kind of summed up their night. Again, concern, mm. I don't know how concerned are you that Cam Newton hasn't played at all yet. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got that tired shoulder, and with how much he's thrown and how many hits that he's absorbed, I'm kind of glad that he hasn't, but even though it's against the Jaguars, I think that if he doesn't play for this week, then I would start to hover around that panic button a little bit. That's kind of where I was. If he doesn't play week three, that might be something you're thinking about going into that first game of the season or you... You know, if you're really worried about it or not. But even then, I think, you know, he's... We've seen him do well enough that he'll be all right if he doesn't. Just, you worry about that uh, freshness, I guess, going into the... Yeah, you want him as close to 100% as he possibly can be, which is good, but... He still has to get at least some bit of an action so that way he can get into some sort of rhythm so he can be ready for week one. What do you see in this Chiefs and Bengals game, which the Chiefs blew him out? Oh, Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. And I'm thinking, my God, maybe Andy Reid was right and maybe I was wrong yet again. Ah. For the Bengals, their kicker looked fantastic. That's about it. Hey, <laughs> their kicker I, looked fantastic, I, and that's about it. Well, when you it was thirty to twelve, and I'm thinking I have to suffer and sit through. So what? Did Andy Dalton not play well? I guess. No, Andy Dalton didn't. AJ McCarron was kind of even worse. And, I mean, it was bad enough that my internet was a little bit glitchy, so two-thirds of the game was grainy. But then again, four-fifths of the Bengals as a team were pretty grainy. So I'm like, I can live through this. Any Anytime the play-by-play or the team up in the booth spent a majority of time with their longtime kicker and had more fun out of that, you knew it was not going to be Cincinnati's night, and it really wasn't. Oh, that's sad here. It, it, it is, but I mean, between Mahomes and the likes of guys like Tyreek Hill, it, it, it was very, very bad. Good for Kansas City, and if Alex Smith decides to move on or whatever you want to do, you've got a lot of very good capability in Mahomes. I didn't really expect that, but there it is. I will say it's preseason. Got to calm down a little bit. True. And And again, he's very good for being the number two. Like I said about Trubisky with the Bears, from what I've seen in the preseason, he's elevating himself into the number two. Do I expect Mahomes to unseat Alex Smith? Absolutely not. But on the off chance that anything happens, it's not a terrible drop-off. Yeah, I mean, it's different. Uh, they could do different things with Mahomes, so. Mm-hmm. Then you can with Alex Smith. So if you're deciding to put him in, you can throw it in the air a lot more. may want to come up with a, a little bit better receiving core than just Tyreek Hill and whoever else, but. I oh guess yeah, they can get to that when that comes. They can, so that way they don't have to rely on him running the ball as much, which he had a couple of good runs, but he really didn't. It was more traditional, under center, better in the pocket, handing off. I mean, he started to be groomed into this NFL quarterback. Speaking of quarterbacks, Chicago has their own sort of quarterback dilemma. And Mike Glennon didn't help himself again. Oh, God. He threw an interception to Honey Badger uh, that killed their drive. 
And he just... He really only got help by the fact that Tariq Cullen continues to just run through defenses. This is the second game in a row where he has looked absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I'm guessing he's taken that... You know, if you're Jordan Howard, watch out, because Cullen has been really good. And we haven't seen Jordan Howard at all, really. So it's been Cullen and Carey carrying the load, for the lack of a better term, <laughs> for the <laughs> for the Bears in the preseason. He does eventually lead him on a touchdown drive, uh, basically at the end of his action, and he throws to Kendall Wright. But the offense, just the the receivers, that's going to be an issue for them. It's going to have to be a run-the-ball offense and then get it to those tight ends and receivers when you need to. But you cannot put these guys in long, third and long situations because they're going to have a problem. They just don't have the receiving core that makes you go, I'm worried about these guys. Kevin White still hasn't really done anything. You know, you have some moments from Zach Miller and the like, but just nothing uh, too impressive. Carson Palmer looked okay. Uh, he does throw a touchdown at the, like, last moment on f- fourth and six uh, to Jonathan to, to Gresham to get the touchdown for Arizona. Then Drew Stanton comes in and looks awful as always. I still don't know why he's the second quarterback. That hey. guy... Hey, they've had worse. Does the name Ryan Lindley ring a bell? Yeah, I guess, but I mean, come on. When has Drew Stanton really done anything? Blank Gabbert, uh, he calmed down a bit in this game. <laughs> Did not have the oh my god performance he had in that Hall of Fame game. He uh, got sacked quite a few times. He did lead him on a touchdown drive as well. He was now overthrowing that, some guys too. Oh, well, now that's the Blaine Gabbert I know and get frustrated by. That's for the most part what you saw of him here in Jacksonville. Trubisky didn't come in until about two minutes left in the third. Mark Sanchez had another one of those like shadow in the night. Like he was in there for a second, you blink and he wasn't there. Uh, moments, but Trubisky didn't come in until about the two minutes left in the third quarter. He didn't, you know, do the the tremendous job that he did in that first game, but he does eventually lead him on a touchdown drive, helped by the running backs again. I'm telling you that Chicago Bears' run block is going to be awesome this year, but pass blocking is another issue entirely. Well, the, uh, the, welcome to your typical John Fox offense. I saw this w- with Denver. I really saw this with Carolina when they got to the Super Bowl, thanks to Jake DeLome as our starter and the veteran Stephen Davis. He's old school football like that, and old school works in Chicago. I will talk about this situation because it was kind of funny because this would have been a overtime game had this been the regular season with 155 left Gabbert goes and throws a 30 yard pass they get a field goal out of it they get an onside kick that gets recovered because the Bears guy catches it and then drops it when he hits the ground and he sits down and he can't get to the ball so the Cardinals guy picks it up they go the length of the field, they get a touchdown, but they miss two-point conversion, and that's why the Bears wind up winning. Uh, again, that's a game that would have been very, very worthy of a tie. With all the stuff in the competition committee and all of these changes, just get rid of overtime for the preseason. They kick the extra point, call it a tie, everybody goes home. <laughs> that's what they did do, but... It- no, overall, this was one of the more fun games. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So that, I watched, that I've watched this preseason, so it's like, it's nice to see kind of everybody gets in there and they really care and people are fighting for positions, so... Good one overall on that one. What did you see with Green Bay and Washington? Kirk Cousins. He's been the same Kirk Cousins that he has been the last couple of years. Although I do think Terrell Pryor is integrating very well as that sort of a slot type receiver in the system. So that was a big plus. I mean... Colt McCoy came in. He really didn't screw anything up. And then Studfeld, he finished at the very end. And I still don't know who the hell he is or where he came from. But he's a very capable third quarterback for the Redskins. I mean, on the Packers side, Aaron Rodgers up to his old tricks. A great pass and a great catch by Martellus Bennett back in the end zone for a touchdown. And from there, Brent Huntley, UCLA guy, he had pretty much the rest of the game. I think Callahan came in very late. I don't think he came in until the fourth quarter. It was pretty close, and it was another one of those pretty fun games. And, yeah. Did uh, Tom Montgomery play a lot, or? No, not really. He's a very, just one of those in-and-out, quiet nights. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he had a fumble in the previous game, and that kind of took him out. They were not very happy about that, because that's been his problem. It's okay, you made the switch to running back. You're still fumbling the ball. You can't do that in the regular season it's going to cost your team (laughs) by a lot new england and houston also had a pretty interesting game now this qb battle is a little bit more i think we kind of know what's happening and it's also nice to see that it's not like osweiler and kaiser where osweiler just looks kind of eh and then you have kaiser and it's just like well if kaiser was a bit more seasoned he probably would be taking that job Whereas mm-hmm. you can see the seasoning with Tom Savage. He goes and, yeah, he has moment. What I noticed with Savage is he takes a long time. That QB presence is not there with him. When he's he's there in the pocket, and it takes him a while to understand that, oh, somebody's coming. I need to move out of the way. And he he's that delay causes him to get in trouble more often than not. Whereas, obviously, Watson, because he's very mobile and, you know, he's used to running, he doesn't have that problem so much. But uh, this was the Bruce Ellington show for Houston. Of course, Bruce Ellington just got signed with uh, the injury to Will Fuller. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, if he played, I didn't notice him because Bruce Ellington got like a 50-yard pass. He got another, like, ridiculous catch that he shouldn't have caught, but he got it. The, uh, he had various times throughout the game where he was making tremendous catches. So, you know, a guy that I think definitely probably winds up making the team for Houston. Savage looked good. He takes him on a touchdown drive to Jalen Strong. Uh, They were, he threw it pretty much to different guys. So for the most part, Savage, like I said, he took some, he took a sack and that whole, that QB presence thing is a problem for him. But as far as throwing the ball, that's, he's doing that just fine. Deshaun Watson comes in early. He didn't, uh, it took him a while to click on this one. He got sacked. He uh, he had a three and out, but then eventually when stuff started going for him, you know, Bruce Ellington, again, I want to make that point, He's <laughs> he, he bails him out with a 30-yard pass. Uh, 
and then he eventually uh, he leads him on a field goal drive, and then later Watson does his uh, this is two for two now where he's run the ball in for a touchdown, and he actually went in where he ran backwards, noticed nobody was there, and then he just runs straight into the to the end zone. So, again, it's that, that whole awareness for him. Like, he knows when he's supposed to run. He had another moments where he he just ran and got, like, a 10 yards or something like that. So, that's the differences, right? It's Savage is, he can move around. He's not a statue, but he's not Deshaun Watson either. Mm-hmm. So, that's that thing that Bill O'Brien has to decide on his end. Am I going for, I'm going to throw Tom Savage a bone because he's been here a long time. Or am I going to just go with Sean Watson and just throw him out there? And that's the decision he has to make. I stopped watching after Brandon Whedon came on because it was just awful. But, yeah, uh, Brandon Whedon. And, and Foreman, again, I want to make this point that Lamar Miller needs to watch out because two games in a row he's just done nothing. And Foreman comes out. And does look again? It's against the third team guys or whatever. But he looked really good. He he had a fifty yard catch where he broke like five tackles. Good God! So and I'm not kidding. He it's like one of those dump offs in the middle, and he breaks a tackle and then he keeps breaking tackles after that. And I'm just like, wow, why is this guy not playing more? He deserves to play more. He's played great. Um, it just. Yeah, I really think that, you know, he needs to be in consideration for whatever Houston has running back-wise. This guy, if he's not number one, he needs to be... I know Alfred Blue is fine when he plays, right? Just, he needs to be in that mix. Use him as a weapon, if if anything else. Because he's a big dude. He's hard to bring down. And uh, I, I think definitely you need to, need to watch out... Uh, for New England, Tom Brady was was fine. He had a mm-hmm. guys just he had guys were dropping the ball. Ah! Uh, so <laughs> and Garoppolo did not have a good game. Yes, uh, he he was overthrowing guys. He was it really he was just doing a bunch of checkdowns. The guy that that did anything great for them was Rex Burkhead. He had a a bunch of catches that he he ran for like ten yards, fifteen yards. Uh, he got the touchdown on the ten yard catch from Garoppolo. Um, so you know, I would definitely say that if he's not going to be the starter at running back, it's going to be between you know him and Bolden or something like that. Because it's so crazy how far Dion Lewis has fallen. I remember when he was the guy. And he's like third or fourth string now, and he got like a series, and he was done. James White caught like one pass at the beginning, and then I didn't – I don't remember hearing from him again. But, yeah, uh, Houston deservedly wins that game. Foreman's touchdown run caps it off and everything. So, yeah. Glad to see the Patriots lose, although I was really kind of rooting for them. Well, no, I can't even root for them to win because now they're 0-2. So that goes out the window. To to AFC South teams. Oh, that... Oh, God. This, This is going to be an enigma of a division this year. Yeah, really. You know, Tennessee and Houston are going to be leading that pack, though. Oh, trust me. With what I've seen from Jacksonville, I can't disagree. So what did you see in the, uh, the, what you told me was actually a really good game between the Rams and Raiders? It it was. The Raiders' defense, front seven, you've got nothing to worry about. Khalil Mack, he got a sack, was able to get a lot of good well, pressure. Well, there's still passing problems for them. And the, well, and that's why I say they're front seven, very little to worry about. You're secondary. Anytime Sean Mannion can get a game-winning 20-yard touchdown pass on you 
with a couple minutes left, you've got issues. Jared Goff finally is starting to look like an NFL quarterback. Much more comfortable in the pocket, going through his progressions better. There's a lot more checkdowns, but he led some very good drives. Uh, for the Raiders, offensively, Marshawn Lynch is still in beast mode. Had some early flashes from him. Michael Crabtree doing like this quasi-spin juke, breaking a defender's ankle, sending him the wrong way on uh, his touchdown catch from Derek Carr. And EJ Manuel cannot lead a two-minute drill to save his life. EJ Manuel's awful. Yeah, we, all, Connor, we know this. Connor Cook did himself a lot of favors working into the number two spot, especially for how he performed at the end of the game, leading what should have been the winning touchdown drive. But unfortunately, it wasn't. Why not? Rams won 24-21 in, yeah. <laughs> Cooper Cup also catching a big touchdown from Jared Goff, too, so... He did, and I really think he is going to be Goff's main target. So keep an eye on that combination as the season progresses. But can I, Watkins, only eight yards, huh? Only eight yards. He was a non-factor. And can I say one thing that I've noticed? What? L.A. Rams, for Christ's sake, take the damn gold off of the uniforms. Please. You it's have their sort of like ode to when they were St. Louis. No, no, no. You don't pull the blue and white helmets and the blue and white pants and the St. Louis jerseys. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. If you switch helmets, you switch jerseys. Serious Jesus. What did you see in the Broncos blowing out the 49ers? Uh, Trevor Simeon? I don't know the fact that he's being named the starter, what that's going to do, because he did look awfully comfortable with the second and third string guys. Uh, Paxton Lynch issues. Really a little bit holding the ball a little bit too long overthrowing guys a little bit too often. And that was a very slow game to start out with. But Simeon came in. He was just chucking the ball down the field. He had a fantastic night, thus leading to the blowout. And uh, San Francisco, when you've got C.J. Beathard, leading a touchdown drive. I'm sorry. You do not have much to look forward to for this season. Brian Hoyer played like he played. I really wouldn't even say in Cleveland because in Cleveland he was at least Well, decent. to be fair, one of those is a Marquise Goodwin just losing the ball. Yeah, but that was one play. What about the rest of them it was not pretty not pretty well you know Kyle Shanahan should have went and tried to find another veteran but it well, is what it is did. maybe one of these guys that gets cut I guess he he did find a veteran it's just that veteran was Matt Barkley that didn't help matters oh really he didn't play any better no no Sorry, 49ers fans. Well, I mean, hey, Vegas knew what's up with their over-under. Uh, get used to it. Hey, at least you got Wi-Fi in the stadium so you can check on players that actually are doing something to help you. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, what did you get from the Sunday games? I mean, for Atlanta, it was the really the three mats. Ryan came in, 
started well, led what should have been a touchdown drive, but the Steelers had a typical sort of a bend but don't break defense, got a field goal out of it. Although it was a little bit sloppy later on, Atlanta took advantage with a couple of turnovers. Matt Schaub came in for part of one series, and then that was it. There was a little bit of a look with his right hand, but that was really never mentioned throughout the rest of the telecast. And from there, it was the Matt Sims show, which very... Ah, uh, what's the right word I can say? Average. What <laughs> what you would expect from a th- it was average. And for for the Steelers, I mean, I leave his first name Bart Bart Houston leading the game winning drive out of nowhere because your only other touchdown was off of a very spectacular punt return. Josh Dobbs has got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. That bad, huh? Uh, it was for the longest time 13 to 3. And, and the thing is, Dobbs is good. Dobbs showed the mobility and all these things out of Tennessee, but maybe he's got to adjust to the NFL speed. Maybe he's got to work on his timing, but things just were not there, and it showed. Yeah, anything from uh, Martavis Bryant as he's playing his first game? There was a little, little bit from him. He had, I believe, one... Two good catches, but good, but not spectacular. Yeah, uh, I think for the Saints and Chargers, boy, that Chargers offensive line is just so awful. (laughs) Manti Teo getting revenge on his former team. Yeah, he went off on this game. This is the Monte Teo revenge game. Yeah, poor Kellen Clemens thinking I'm in L.A. even though I'm playing in a soccer stadium. Things are great. Fans are getting seats right down on the field. This will be just fine. And then he gets sacked four times in the first half. (laughs) Cardell Jones... I think has more talent than Kellen Clemens, but he's got a long way to go, too. Yeah, he's one of those guys that, like Deshaun Kaiser, could have benefited from a little bit more time in college, but when you're riding that wave and you're thinking you're all big and bad and you get drafted, you really find out how it is. Although, did he not lead them to a touchdown drive? I know it finished 13-7, so... There was something to his credit. Yeah, it was one of those. It was the field. Was the field goal? I can't remember which one, but he does. He leads him on a scoring drive at least. And last but not least, the Lions and Jets. Oh boy, Christian Hackenberg looked awful. Just absolutely awful. The guy fumbled on his first snap, uh, fumbled a a pass. He had a pass where he does one of those, oh, I threw it, oh, but I threw it right in the ground. He got sacked a few times. He just, he was overthrowing guys. Guys were dropping the ball. I mean, Bilal Powell was the only good thing about the Jets in the first half. Bryce Petty came in. They looked a lot better. He was making accurate throws. He was running around. He was running, scrambling, getting yards. I'm not going to say that, you know, they're going to be much better with Bryce Petty. Obviously, Josh McCown just didn't play in this game either. But still, just, ugh. The Jets were bad. 
Detroit, on the other hand, Matt Stafford was connecting with everybody. Like, no no big deal. We're not we're already in the midseason here. Golden mm-hmm. Tate was getting grabs, Mar, you know, Marvin Jones. No big deal. Abdullah looked okay on on his runs. But uh, as long as he wasn't getting sacked, which that's the problem, they they were clicking, the Lions. Um, Rudock comes in, things are a little bit different. And after that, it kind of took a downturn to, you know, basically just, it was really just Bryce Petty and the Jets at that point. So, well, Lions I mean, won, but... Well, I mean, again, Brad Kaya, he, he at least did something decent last week. And, as much as I criticize the Rams for their uniforms, I have to give kudos to what the Lions did to theirs. You like a that, song? like, white and blue? It was kind of hard to see them, though. Well, because especially if you go back and you look at their home uniforms, much so, a little going back to the sort of a softer, more cooler version of the Honolulu blue, and like the silver numbers and a more of a block style on the front, I can dig those. I have to go back and see the white ones. But I dig what I did see. So I, I think the the Broncos going into the news now. We, you know, we mentioned Trevor Simeon being named the starter. I think he's obviously the better passer. He's much more comfortable. He's been there. He's done that. I'm not going to say he is a total upgrade over Paxton Lynch, but he's the better of the two right now. I think, without a doubt. Yeah, Paxton Lynch had a shot against the Niners with the ones, looked terrible. Simeon came in, looked great, even though he was playing with the twos and threes. Give him some more time with the ones, see if he can at least keep that momentum going. I mean, given what they've got, I get the decision, and they made the right decision, but it's like you said, it's not overwhelming. Well, we do know that in this third game where the Broncos are going to play the Packers, Jamal Charles is going to get a lot of playing time to basically earn his spot on the team. You think he plays well? I think he plays well. And personally, uh, one person that I would also like to see do a little bit more and be given a little bit more of an opportunity, Stephen Ridley. He's wheezing. He's had some very good runs, and I'm like, um, why is he still this far back on the depth chart? He should be moving up a little bit. And uh, we also have Anquan Bolden retiring kind of randomly after signing with the Bills. No, it's not random because he realizes, what the hell am I doing in Buffalo? I got to (laughs) go. Well, he has other reasoning. He says that for the last couple of years, he's been advocating for criminal justice reform. He's been trying to improve police community relations across the board. I have guys that are asking for help and... You know, it's time to help our nation and people around the NFL and everything else. So, you know, if he's really going to do this, yeah, go it's him, fan- man. It's fantastic. It's a very noble endeavor. And Buffalo fans won't hate you. <laughs> well, they get it. <laughs> I, I think Buffalo fans need to just get over it. Their team is uh, rebuilding and just... Okay, Sean... It's Buffalo. I mean, really, what is there in the dead of winter for Buffalo except the Bills, the Sabres, and maybe what goes on underneath the sheets under the influence of liquor? I mean, it's very limited opportunities for this, okay? <laughs> Unless you're willing to hop across the lake and go to Toronto, you have no options. <laughs> God. 
I uh, I have to plead the fifth on that one. Um, the, <laughs> the Seahawks do get offensive line help in the form of Matt Tobin uh, and a seventh-round draft pick from the Eagles for a fifth-round draft pick. He's going to help provide veteran experience for, I don't even know how to say his name, uh, Reese Odahumalu. Well, bless you? <laughs> uh, O-D-H-I-A-M-B-O. Odhiambo? Wherever you say his name, this guy is now the man starting at left tackle for the Seahawks. And so Matt Toman is going to, you know, provide a little bit of veteran experience and also competition for him, too. So because he can play various points around the line. You know, they chose not to go with Brandon Albert or. Or, uh, you know, Dwayne Brown or anything like that. They chose this guy. Interesting Seahawks. Well, they've got a couple of games. Let's find out and see what happens. Dante Fowler now has three charges from his earlier arrest. First degree battery oh, is one of them. Uh, he also has uh, criminal mischief and petty theft. Uh, uh, you... uh, he could. Oh. Fa- he's not going to get this, but. If found guilty, he can get up to a one year in jail and such and such. Look, he said, I'm sorry to everybody, but you know how many people stand, say I'm sorry? And uh, I just. Dante, you're in Jacksonville. Guess what? Things ain't too kind around certain parts for certain people, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I know, but why are you punching people? Eve, that's even worse. It, 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 uh. it's like, that's where you got to practice restraint. You're an NFL player. You can't go around punching people, breaking people's glasses. I mean, come on. No, I look, I completely agree. I'm just saying. You say he might not get that year. Um, Have you seen the kind of issues that the Jacksonville legal system has had? They're not going to do He's an NFL player. Come on. Oh, please. Well, okay. Go back to the one article where the Jaguars, via Twitter, asks fans, hey, use your favorite GIF to describe how you feel about the upcoming season. You know how fans responded? People jumping off buildings. Things on fire from Game of Thrones. I mean, seriously, people know what's up. Well, hey, you know, it's between Chad Henney and Blake Bortles for that starting job right now, so... How the hell Chad Henney still has a job? Oh, dear Christ, it's... Blame Blake Bortles. You know, uh, if by this time... No, no, I take that back. If by December I'm not asking for a new liver as a Christmas present then that means either some things are more tolerated recreationally or I've moved somewhere else and I don't have to watch this dumpster fire. I'm telling you now. (laughs) And finally, Roger Goodell is close to getting a five-year extension on this current deal from the owners. This would make him the commissioner through the 2024 season and, of course, he would be commissioned during the next contract negotiations as well. Which, which means that he would be commissioner during the work stoppage and he might not see through that contract. So, you know what? I'm not even that angry. <laughs> well, you know that the owners are pleased with Roger Goodell. They're not, they're not the ones that have the problems with Goodell. That's the NFLPA. Maybe some of the NFL players themselves. You know, Jerry Jones, the one-off guy, Robert Kraft. And most of the owners are cool with him, so. Well, that's because he's made them money. He's more than doubled revenue. He's gotten right. relocation fees. You've got Mexico. You've got London. So, of course, owners are going to shut up. <laughs> they want to keep the train rolling, even though, eh, 
Yeah, their public face in Goodell ain't looking too pretty. And you realize it's better to pay the devil you know $60 million a year rather than the devil you don't know. True. You aren't wrong on that at all. So that's going to close it for us here. Uh, talking football this week. Uh, not this week, but at least for this evening. Anyway, we'll be back on Thursday night, Friday morning, talking about the Thursday night football game between the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles. And if Eric wants to watch Carolina Jacksonville while he's at it, go ahead. Yeah, that's probably going to be a no, given yes. what I have seen. <laughs> But uh, I'll go ahead and run down our games here since we've already got them selected for next week. I try to go based off of the the teams that we saw the previous week. I change them and make sure that we see different teams each week. But uh, Friday, Eric's got the Patriots and Lions. I got Whoa. the Chiefs and Seahawks. Ooh. And then Saturday, there's a bunch of games. You got Arizona and Atlanta for Eric. Uh, the, all the all these are Eric games. He has uh, Arizona, Atlanta. He has the Colts and Steelers. Damn it! The oh, Texans sorry. and Saints. And he also well, he has Carolina, Jacksonville. He's got to go back and watch at some point. We both have Oakland and Denver because they play each other. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Sunday games where Eric has Chicago and Tennessee. We both have San Francisco and. The Vikings without Sunday Night Football, and there is no Monday Night Football for this week. I have Buffalo and Baltimore, the Jets and Giants game, Cleveland and Tampa Bay, uh, Chargers and and Rams, and then the Green Bay-Denver game uh, as well as uh, Cincinnati and Washington, so... You, I have you, the extra you, game. you aren't some sort of secret masochist with that Sunday lineup that you picked out. <laughs> that Sunday lineup is not what I picked out. It's the three games that are there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the NFL picks out that Sunday lineup. <laughs> so, but, uh, all right. Well, yeah, until uh, we're back on Thursday, see you later, everybody. Peace. following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.